time, it mm -hmm. also makes that patient a possible reservoir of bacterial exactly. infection. Exactly, exactly. It can spread that, that drug-resistant infection to other people around mm -hmm. them. And, uh, you know, if it's uh, like a diarrheal agent, you know, it can uh, excrete the the, uh, the drug-resistant uh, you know organism into the environment and contaminate other people. In the last 30 years, Dr. Riley says, there's been an increase not only in the prevalence of drug resistance, but the types of drug resistance. In fact, he says, the time span between when a drug company rolls out a new antibiotic and bacteria develops resistance to that new drug is getting shorter and shorter. Uh, many of these drug so-called resist drug resistance genes are carried on these mobile elements um, that have multiple drug resistance genes. So if a bacteria carries such a mobile element, if it becomes resistant to one drug, it may already have resistance genes to other drugs. Mm -hmm. So if a new drug is, is produced, and it may already have those genes that, that uh, the organism can resist. Well, it it pre-evolved so, yeah, resistance yeah. to right, a drug. Right, so-called cross-resistances. But the drugs that are being used, and some would say here overused, to treat human illness should not be our main concern when it comes to breeding a drug-resistant superbug. Instead, Riley says, we should look to a different source. We should be looking, he says, at our food. We know that uh, anywhere from 70 to 80 percent of antibiotics that are produced uh, in the world are used as growth promoters or you know, animal husbandry. So break that down for me. What mm -hmm. does that mean? I think of, of using antibiotics in animals because they, they talk about them living in dirty conditions mm -hmm. and they have to be sort of inoculated against mm -hmm. infection just because they're living in a kind of a gross environment. But mm -hmm. you're saying that's not why antibiotics... No, that's, that, that's one of the reasons, but, but uh, there are many other reasons why animals have to uh, uh, receive antibiotics. So in the late 40s, early 50s, when mm -hmm. antibiotics started to be uh, used, uh, they almost by accident discovered that uh, animals given low-dose antibiotics, and these were actually kind of a debris from sort of a byproducts of the antibiotics that the pharmaceutical industry produced, and they just gave them to animals, and they no the farmers noticed that the animals gained weight. They literally fatten up if you give them antibiotics. Right. They, they were giving these, uh, you know, byproducts of antibiotic production, and then they noticed that their uh, you know, the animals gained weight. And so after that, they started giving intentionally low-dose antibiotics to animals. Is that an open... And practice? Is oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something that's well known and it's well established and a lot of countries do that. Uh, in Europe, they, you know, greatly restricted this practice. And so what happened in Europe, and it's also being <laughs> discussed here, is that rather than uh, using antibiotics as growth promoters, they're, they're saying that the, uh, the antibiotics can be used as a preventative uh, uh, agent, mm. where you have, you know, cows or chicken or pigs uh, put into these crowded I guess, intensive uh, feeding operations where, you know, they put into these cages or in these tightly uh, enclosed spaces. And, you know, when animals get placed in, in situations like that, of course they're going to get dirty and, you know, get and they're going to get sick. And so they have to give antibiotics to prevent these animals from getting sick. So and that's considered preventive treatment rather than growth promotion, even though that practice of so-called preventive treatment also allows these animals to gain weight. So the reason that, that antibiotics have been administered to animals for as long as they have is, is both right. a preventative exactly. measure, but also it has the, the very happy and sounds like not entirely coincidental byproduct of making them right. fatter, which right. is better if you're selling them for right. meat. Right, exactly. So many of the antibiotics that are used uh, uh, in animals, they're not absorbed by the animal body. You know, about 75% of the antibiotics that um, get ingested are actually excreted in manure and urine. And, you know, if you sort of 
can imagine how much manure and urine are produced from, you know, pigs and cattle and chicken. You know, they have they have to have a way of disposing them somehow. So they create these mounds, you know, everywhere, these lagoons, and and then you know, of course you have rainfall that would then just run off the you know these uh, mounds of manure, and you can have probably just from pigs alone. I think they estimate that the manure. Uh, every year would probably fill the entire Yankee Stadium to the height of Empire State Building. So how do you dispose of this, you know, these animal products? And they contain antibiotics. And so you can imagine, you know, there are probably, uh, you know, millions of kilograms of antibiotics in the manure. And and the manure, of course, is used as fertilizers for organic uh, produce items. Right, that's the definition of organic food. That they, you know, they don't, you know, you don't use pesticides, and they use organic manure. Why, well, if the manure comes from animals given antibiotics, then.